Welcome to the Churchmount Sheepdogs podcast. In this series, I interview handlers and experts from Ireland and indeed from all over the world. And the aim of the series is to spark new ideas for training and trialing for the listener as a result of these conversations. The series is in part sponsored by Away With Dogs, a new sheepdog trial YouTube series. And you can find out more on awaywithdogs.co.uk. I'm here with Taddy and Esther Lamb uh, in Corklaw in Wexford. When I started trialing, uh, the very first trial I went to was in Roundwood. It's on the 1st of November every year. It's going to be on fairly shortly there. And uh, when I run, I hung around to watch a few more. And the next time I saw going out, I saw Taddy Lamb going out. And I just saw him, the way he hunted there. I said, to that's how you do it. Taddy went out there and he was lovely and cool. He had a farmer's cap on him and... He, he was walking away with his dog there and it was lovely and quiet and I said to myself I'll have to go to more of these trials I, that's what I'm going to do so I found out there was nurseries on the next week and uh, on down I went it was in Tim Floods and Tim and Toddy and everyone was there and I was delighted to be there and I said I'll go out and hunt like Toddy but uh, unfortunately I found out it wasn't that simple but I'm here with Toddy now anyway and uh, I'm going to ask him a few questions Toddy I always associate you there as being you're very encouraging and very helpful to any newcomers to the sport and all just wondering, what do you think? How do you think we should be towards new people or new entrants into it? Uh, have you any ideas about that? Yeah, well, sure. I think that's the future of the whole thing, the whole sheepdog training scene. That's the future is to to keep new people, young people, and new people coming into it. And uh, it's up to us to harass it for a fair long number of years now to encourage those people and to help them if they need a bit of help. Um, you know, I, I think it's the way to go anyhow. When I started trialing back in 1997, after uh, the first Irishman ever to win a Supreme there, Frank Cashin, and I believe you bred Frank's dog and uh, he was one of the newcomers you brought into sport, you and your father, if I remember properly. Yeah, that's right, Pat, yeah. Um, uh, we bred Jan here and she was a small little bitch, but she had a, a big heart and... Um, so Frank was only, I think, five years competing in trials when he won the Supreme. He came, he, he came down here, married a local girl down here in Wexford. Uh, he was formerly from Offaly and he came down here and he got a, a pup off of us and that's how it started. And then he came back a couple of years later and he got Jan and uh, went on then from there to, to win the Supreme. So it was a, a huge achievement like for only that length of time at Dogs. Yeah, I often think it's very important to get good advice, and uh, it's it's great a great example to see what is possible there for a man to reach the very top there, staying in good company and obviously with fairly good breeding. But I remember in nineteen ninety nine, it was the first time I ever went to a supreme uh, or to an international, and uh, I remember you there with a bitch called Nell, and I'd seen her in nurseries and all, and she was one I was fairly fond of myself, um, and uh, myself and Norman Deacon went over. Norman had a dog in it too, incidentally, uh, Craig. But I remember you with Nell, and I remember you came third that year. And uh, obviously you had your eyes on the prize for a while, and you'd seen Frank winning it. Um, I, I remember when you gave that bitch Nell to Craig there, and you bred that, that nice red dog, uh, your Craig, that you went on in 2004, you were fairly successful with him. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, well, Nell, Nell was a strange sort of a bitch. I, I had her here, and a young bitch, and she was hard, and she was fiery. And I remember Norman saying to me, stick with her, he said that. That'll make a good bitch yet. And um, I think it was 1993 she was born. 
and then she made the team in 1999 in Mallow. She was second in the national, and um, then went over to the international in Aberystwyth in 99, yeah, and she qualified for the Supreme and, and ended up third in the Supreme. But that was the highest I ever got at that, at that stage. And she was a handful now, but he, Norman was right. You know, he, he told me, stick with her, he said, that'll make a good bitch hit. And she did settle, but she was five, six year old before I really had her working um, the way I wanted her working. Um, she was a genuine little bitch. Genuine, anything you'd ask her to do, she, if she didn't do it right, she'd try to do it anyhow. Like. Um, she had power enough and then uh, that uh, 1999 yeah and then Craig then I brought her up to Norman Deacon's Craig in 2000 and that's where I got Craig my own red dog and uh, from oh, oh, that mating um, and he was a different type really to, to his mother he was more like his father he was he was easier to handle probably a better listener. He was better younger than, than his mother was. Um, but um, a, a nice dog to work with. Um, uh, didn't have the same stamina as his mother. His mother would have stayed going for a week <laughs> without stopping. She, she had great stamina. Craig didn't have that. He liked to, he liked the cool day or the wet day. And um, that year in Clandilo in Wales when he won the Supreme, that was a wet day and a cool day and that kind of suited him as well you know plus I think he, he kind of liked the flat course as well and I'd say the sheep suited him he, he was a dog that could settle sheep and he was a good listener a good outrunner and a good listener and he could there were nice sheep very good sheep that year and he was able to just get him on his nose and steer him around and um, one decision <coughs> sorry one decision that I think helped him to win that Supreme that year was um, on the cross drive. The ground was a bit high coming coming across for part of the cross drive. And then there was a bit a bit of a dip down and then it went on again towards the third hurt. But it had rained so much that there was water in the low part. And when the sheep came to... Uh, to just to the edge of the high part, some of them hesitated and uh, they didn't want to just jump down into where this little drop of water was lying. And I was coming along across on the, on the high ground and something just came into my head, if I quicken up these sheep now and they come to the edge, will they just jump down all of a sudden? And um, I did that and it happened to work. But Craig was a dog that you could do that with because... I, I could flank him two or three times and be fairly sure that he wouldn't fly in and whip one. Whereas some dogs, if you did rev them up a little bit like that, they could have one and you're gone then, of course. But I, I did that with him that year and I, I still think that it was a big part of him um, being successful that year. That's very interesting, Toddy. And uh, just when you talk about quickening the pace a little bit at the wet spot, there's things like that I'd say I could easily spend an hour here trying to talk to you but uh, trying to understand uh, and, and you could still be explaining to him and we can just fully get uh, this year I asked you this year if you were going to the world trial and you said sure of course I am I'm the fucking judging the, the semi-final and the finals I better go and uh, just to me there now it seemed like a fairly difficult uh, few days there could you tell us a little bit about what it's like to judge at that level 
Yeah, well, sure, it's a big responsibility for a start. Uh, I, you know, you'd be under pressure, of, of course, because the whole aim of judging is, is to get the, the correct result. That's the whole aim of judging. And, um, like, it's a, like there was five people there judging the semi-final and the final. You know, but we were still all judging, judging individually ourselves and making up our own decisions. But um, you, you need, you want, I wanted, to, and everyone wanted to do it to the best of their ability, to what they felt was right. So um, the standard was very good. It was running in, in the in the semi final, and it was just uh, I think ten, twelve points off them. I don't know if any more than twenty points lost made the the final, as far as I can remember. Now I could be a little bit wrong on that, but no, not much more than twenty points lost made the final. And that's very good run. That's you know, uh, over a big flat course, challenging course like that, uh, was great. And and then the the final was a great course too, huge big course, great great first out run and go back and, um. To me, Yaron Kneve had a, a, an unbeatable run. Uh, well, when he ran in uh, in the supreme in the world final, like um. I said to myself, the run that will beat that run will be some run. And uh, in my opinion, anyhow, it, it wasn't beaten that day, you know. Yeah, it was lovely to see a Norwegian <coughs> win it. Um, I have to say, I, I was a little bit arrogant back in 2002 when the first world trial was on. I, I was actually qualified that year, but I didn't run. And to, to tell the truth, I, I didn't expect the Continentals to be so good. And uh, I, I was delighted when I saw Serge van der Sweep come third that time. And it sort of woke me up and I thought, the hell, these, these Continentals are not slow. But uh, you found it to be the same anyway this year, Daddy. You said that they're, they're serious handlers. Oh, definitely. That standard is rising up there uh, hugely all the time. It's not so much maybe that the standard is rising, but there's more people there of that high standard now. Compared maybe a few years ago, there was a smaller few uh, people ahead. Uh, at that standard, but now there's more people. There was people went out there that I genuinely didn't know their their names, and they put up r great runs. You know, uh, lovely runs to watch, and they've great control of their dogs. Uh, they know how to handle sheep, and that's a big part of sheep dog trading. I think is to know how to read sheep and try to be a, a step ahead of what you think the sheep are going to do. It's not always possible to be able to do it, but if you could anticipate what they are going to do next and try and have the dog in the position to counteract it. Um, also shedding shedding out there is in 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 Holland probably on the continent as a rule is a bit harder than what it is here in Ireland or in England Scotland and Wales the sheep are to stick together better more and um, maybe it's a, there's a different way of a different way of shedding them you know uh, a lot of people said to me Toddy just that when they're out there that they found that on the very flat courses that the third hurl was a, was a, terrific, a, a difficult hurl to, to get um, you were judging it and you, you've run courses like that have you any advice for you know less experienced handlers or fellows like myself here who'd need a little bit of um, you know I wouldn't be a superstar to third hurl have you any advice or suggestions of how to help yourself well the third hurl is always a tricky obstacle in any course and I'd say I'm probably after missing more third hurls than anyone <laughs> Uh, I, it's just a bogey point with me but I do think that there's a couple of things maybe we can do to to help get it um, one is anyhow to, to know where you need to be when you're going by the fetch hurl which side of the fetch hurl you need to be at and what distance you need to be away from it 
That's one bit of a mark. And then take your foot off of the throttle a little bit with the sheep when they're getting near the to the gates. Because if they're a little offline and they're walking or going at a nice trot, well, we have a chance of correcting them and putting them in, in out through it. But if they're going fast and they're not online, it's very hard got. And then, even then, by trying to get it at speed and you're flanking the dog left, you're flanking them right, you're upsetting the whole thing then and sheep can get, um, you know, they can get uh, upset by it. You end up with a wide turn, maybe end up missing it as well. And you're upsetting the sheep then for when you come back to the ring and the pen at the same time. So the main thing I think is if you could keep it slow going to it, uh, better chance of getting it and you're not upsetting the sheep. Thanks for that, Toddy. Um, this has been a busy old summer for you, Toddy, there, because uh, as soon as you were finishing the World Trial, you had to come back there. You had a big involvement in setting up the Irish National there with Frank and Bill Seal and a few other people. Um, and the bit that impressed me there is, despite how busy you were there for the three days, uh, you still managed to run your own dogs and come third with Dan and uh, or have Dan in the team as a reserve. And, and isn't it Ben that you came uh, that you got on the team with there this year? Yeah, Ben. Yeah, he he was second on the the first day. He came second and uh, wound up in sixth overall on on the team. You know, um, yeah, it was a busy year <laughs> between the the world trial and the national and then the international like it was fairly hectic but sure it might only happen once in my lifetime and stuck with it anyhow so we got through it you know but um, probably the most pressure of anything of the three of them I'd say was the to me anyhow would have been the world trial because because of the judging end of it um, maybe just on, on talking about judging like I think it's a very important job anyone that's asked to judge it's a big responsibility and like the judge is there for a reason they're there to uphold the rules and to make sure that everyone gets a fair and equal opportunity at the two ends of the field if something happens up at the far end of the field where the sheep are being let out get away on the lads holding them or something one breaks back to the pen or whatever well it's the judge's decision then to to sort that out really i think because the person going out to, to take him to have the run, you know, he must or she must get the same chances to, as everyone else. And um, that's why I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's a big responsibility and something should be took fairly serious, you know. Mm. And along with that, the people that are going out, I know myself from being a competitor, like, that everyone going out there to run, they're after putting a lot of work into these dogs at home to get him out there. And, you know, and, and everyone then needs to get the, the same chance. Toddy, I know when you're judging, you take the responsibility of treating competitors fairly, very seriously and coming up with the right winner. Um, but do you think, as competitors, which most of the time we are competitors, all of us, do you think we have a responsibility to the judge as well? Oh, definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, it's something like um, we must accept the, ju the judge's decision. The judge's decision has to be final. We mightn't always agree with it, but uh, definitely... We, we must accept it. It works both ways. You know what I mean? Um, the judge has to do his best, like when he's out there, when he's do, or he or she, whatever it is, doing, have to do their best to try and come up with the correct result. But then we, as competitors, must accept their decision. And, you know, when you think about 99% of judges, I'd say, are competitors. And 99% of competitors will have to judge sometimes. 
so it works both ways and we'll all be in the different positions you know so yeah definitely that is that is very important thanks that's good to know Toddy I agree with you there he's a big responsibility um, the one thing I liked about Ben there this year is I remember that he was Tim Flood's last dog and I know you and um, you and Tim were always our buddies there from the time I started was, Tim must have been a big influence on you or, uh, was he a lot of help there or, can you tell me a bit about Tim there I don't hear too many people talking about him nowadays yeah I'm sure Tim was one of, one of the father figures of sheepdog trials in Ireland you know um, he has, he won six Irish national singles, and I think he won six Irish national doubles, and um, he won three of those Irish nationals with Pip, which is some record for, and he's won out to win three Irish nationals, like, and then to go over in nineteen eighty four and was second in the Supreme in York in the race course in York, um, was a huge achievement, and up to that stage was the highest the any Irish dog ever got in the Supreme. You know, so like I know it was always Tim's ambition to win a supreme, and uh, he was very, very close to it that year. He he must have been very pleased to see you winning it too, Daddy. I'd say that he, you and Frank, it must have been great days from there. Um, <coughs> there anyone else there that that you remember there ever gave you good advice or was of influence here, or any other handlers that stick out in your memory? Yeah, well, there's there, there's four men there anyhow that. I'd have to attribute anything, any airbase success I had was all down to them, and that was my father, Jim Lamb, Tim Flood, Norman Deacon, and uh, John Breen. Them were the, the four men are gone now, but um, them were the four people that taught me anything I know. Um, I picked up little bits and pieces myself then along the way as well, but they taught me the basics, and they started me off uh, with the breed of dogs that I try to still hold on to to this day, and I still have a bit of it, but... It's it's getting thinner now. Of course, every time you breed them, you're diluting it a little bit. But um, they definitely they were the foundation. Um, mine are still going back. If they're traced back, they're still going back to Tim Flood Scott. And um, Scott won a national for Tim, and he bred. Um, I think three or four national winners as well, and most dogs in Ireland. Uh, if you go back in their breeding, you'll see Tim Flood Scott in them. Tally, I'm going to leave this interview now in a minute there, but before we go, have you any advice or suggestions or, or anything that you think is important there for uh, new or any handler for that matter that you'd like to share? Well, no matter what age you are, if you have an interest in starting to sheepdog trial, do it. Go and do it. Um, at the Irish National this year, I was walking down across the field and this man got out of the car and he came over to me and he said, are you Toddy Lamb? And I said, I am, yeah. And he said, I seen an interview you did there back early in the year and you said something about beginners. Uh, you said that it's not only young people, it's new people that should be coming into it. Definitely encourage young people, but also new people. And he said, I'm 50. Do you think I'm too old to start? I said, definitely not. If you're interested, have a go at it. Go to somebody, get off on the right foot and get the dog started the right way that's needed for the competition and uh, have a go at it. It's, we all failed. The first trial I went out into in 1983, I had four, three or four-year-old Scotch Weathers 
that's what was ran at the trial and sheep and dog ended up in the crowd and um, but sure I stuck at it but things you'll have more bad days at sheep dog trials than you will have good days but that's why you make the good days count and um, don't lose heart it won't, it won't go well every day but it won't go well every day for anybody so it's just par part of the thing when you're dealing with animals you're dealing with a dog and you're dealing with four or five sheep and you have no rain on them like with horses or anything like that it's just on pure command your voice or whistle that's the only contact we have with the dog and it's all under control so definitely um, anyone would like to give it a go go and get a bit of advice for some, from somebody that's at, that's at it for a while get the type of dog that suits you a good outrunner and a good listener is awful important for a sheep dog trial. That's no matter whether you're starting out or whether you're 30 years ahead. Uh, I think a good outrunner and a good listener is vital for sheep, for, for trialing. Uh, definitely there's other bits of things needed too, but that is important because the dog, at least he'll go out, he'll get behind the sheep for you, he'll stop him, he'll stop when you ask him and he'll, he'll take him to you and things like that and he'll, he'll do fairly well what you want him to do, you know. There, and uh, at least they can be sure of a good, straight, honest fella doing his best and... Uh, it's lovely to know you'll have you. Thanks very much. Thanks very much, Pat. So thanks for listening. I hope this interview has sparked some new ideas for you. If you want to support Churchmen and to learn more about us and how we train dogs, you can become a Patreon subscriber over at our website at churchmansheepdogs.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Churchman Sheepdogs.